0: And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world. I'm Michael Anthony, author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors' childhood trauma, and you are listening to the Michael Unbroken Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very great friend and guest, Paris Prinkevich. Paris, how are you, my friend? What is going on in your world?
1: Michael, I'm doing awesome. So happy to be here today and dive into this conversation with you and just get get into it today. So very excited about it.
0: Yeah, me me too. And so we we've crossed paths a few times across the social medias. Um, do me a favor, because I recognize there are people who don't know who you are. What's the high level? Talk to me about what you're doing in the world, what your place is and, and what your, your goals are right
1: now. Yes, yes, of course. And I'm so glad that we crossed paths and got the chance to connect an opportunity to make this conversation a reality. So what I do is like he said, so my name is Paris. I'm the host of the Crooked Illness Podcast which is entirely focused around bringing more conversations to the table around mental health and mindset to make more of these conversations more normalized and less stigmatized and to create a platform to have other guests come on, share their stories with me, their lowest moments, whatever that may be, what they learned from these times in their lives and really highlight that and bring and see the value in that and bringing that to the table. And you guys can find me on uh, mainly Instagram. So at Crooked Illness. I'm also on Facebook. There's a Facebook page as well, Crooked Illness. And anywhere you guys get your podcast, it's just Crooked Illness. And that's really kind of uh, the little background on that. But the reason I decided to launch the podcast is it actually stems from my own story and my own experiences. And I get into that a little bit in in the episode, some of the episodes. But I'm also in the process right now of finishing my book and working on getting that published and we're on all the steps into that. But pretty much my entire focus and what I really love diving into more than anything is mental health and mindset and the relationship that those two share and the connection that is there between the two of those things.
0: Yeah. And I think often when when a lot of things come out of us as creatives, and I think most all endeavors are creative to some aspect at all, it all stems from this place within us when we are either A, inspired to seek or create change, or B, we recognize that we understand or know something. And, and I think about very much what like this podcast is, is I, I believe that it is my duty to give knowledge that I know and understand to the world in reciprocation for me receiving it and creating change in my own life. Um, what what is it that that spurred this for you? Because I think there's a lot of people who have have been in these moments of of facing mental health adversity and maybe they've overcome or maybe they're in the process right now but often they're in this place of okay well what do I really do here and I I've said before I'm I'm a proponent of not sharing your story I don't think it's a necessity in order to create change and growth but For those listening, what was your journey? How do you go from where you were to where you are right now?
1: Yes, I love that question. I think that's a great, great thing to highlight. So I think so for me, the biggest piece of getting into this and really creating the podcast, creating this platform was overcoming the stigma that I had tied to my experiences with bipolar disorder. So I called the podcast Crooked Illness and that stems from two perspectives that I have. So the first perspective is when I was 19 years old, I was diagnosed uh, SMI, which is seriously mentally ill, bipolar one disorder, hospitalized at the time, struggling really, really badly from inside the walls of that hospital. And then at 23 years old, I came, uh, graduated from school and ended up accepting a job at the very same clinic that I used to be a patient at. And I would go and receive services for an entire year. So I kind of got to see things from both sides. And I call it crooked illness because at the time, uh, when I was struggling at my at my worst, I could not see how I was being crooked to my own self and treating my own self and then also treating others that way as well and then being on the other side of working in the field, I saw that same stigma in other people, and I always thought I always thought when I was struggling, I'm like, this is something that I shouldn't talk about, something that I shouldn't share with people but it, I, and i and for years and years and years, I would just I didn't, I didn't deal with a lot of unresolved trauma. I never wanted to talk about it, face it, deal with it. And it just kind of followed me around. And it kind of, um, for me in my case, I like basically just allowed it to sit there and fester and just not face it and deal with it. And I finally was like, you know what? I really want to talk about this and tell my story because you know what? I'm like, I could potentially help more people by doing this than just hiding it and bottling up and keeping it inside myself. and Watching it continue to hurt my own self and you know do that to myself and and also and other and hurt other people in the process. So I decided to talk about that and also kind of like share some of the experiences that I had on both sides. So what did it look like for me, you know, when I was struggling at the time why Where did that stigma come from? like why did I develop this stigma? Where did it come from? How did I overcome it? What steps did I take with that? And that's something that I really love discussing because I feel like you know especially anything related to mental health i love conversations about stigma you know ways to decrease the stigma ways to defeat the stigma ways to overcome the stigma because for me i felt like that was the biggest piece that was keeping me from moving forward in all areas of my life
0: yeah and that that parlay's so much with with the concepts and ideals behind think unbroken because when, when I sat with this, and it used to be something different like five years ago, it wasn't Think Unbroken. That, that just kind of came to me one night. But it was so much about recognizing that the, the parallel between what you're saying and my experience was, I have been sitting on this for so long that I can't possibly continue to move forward in my life until I remove the stigma that's associated with it. And now, my journey obviously very different than yours, but again, it does parlay in many ways. And Especially facing mental health ailments in youth and growing up a, a teenager with a bipolar mother and a narcissistic, abusive mother. And you know, the list goes on and on and on. And, and getting into my twenties and recognizing, okay, wait a second. I'm actually standing inside of the house that I am burning down because I'm not yet stepping through this. But that's a scary place and a scary moment. And and you know, being hospitalized at at such a young age must have been a terrifying experience for you. And and I know that there are people who are listening right now who say, okay, but how do I know if I'm in this place in my life where either A, I'm ready to actually deal with this, or do I need to be hospitalized? Or, there's so many questions that all, often come up. Talk to me a little bit about what that journey was like for you as you're first stepping into recognizing that you've been really facing the implications of trauma that now has now turned into bipolar.
1: Yeah. So the biggest piece for me was uh, at the time when I was struggling, I did not have awareness. I had no awareness of what was going it, it was almost like I was just living every single day, kind of. And I was putting myself, you know, in situations that weren't good, where I, you know, environments where I, I wasn't safe in. And it was ultimately because I kind of stopped caring about trying to feel like I could get better or heal or move forward any kind of way. Because, you know, I remember. When I actually went into the when I was actually hospitalized, I put myself there because I remember, you know, I was actually misdiagnosed at 16, which happens a lot to a lot of people, you know, going through that and, you know, getting a diagnosis, being on different medications. So I was diagnosed with depression at 16. Then at 19, uh, when I was hospitalized, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And the thing about that is my aunt is also bipolar and I would bring up sometimes, you know, when I would go to my appointments with my psychiatrist, I would say, you know, I think this is what's going on with me. And they would say, you know, no. And and, and it was because of how I looked on the outside. They would say, you know, you're working two jobs, you're getting straight A's, you know, you have a good relationship, you know, you don't, there's nothing that seems questionable here, or like n- nothing like that. So, and it was almost like I at the same time was I wanted to have that facade and to like maintain this image of I was fine. You know, I'm okay. I'm doing well. It's great. You know, nothing is going on here because that was kind of the expectation that I thought that I had to have because growing up, every conversation I was ever a part of related to mental health or bipolar was always very negative. You know, it was never, I never heard anything good about, about that at all. Like the fact that, and, and and that's really what kept me afraid of, bringing up the fact that I was struggling with that because I was afraid of the judgment, the shame, and also kind of, you know, growing up, my mom's sister had that. And my mom would tell us, you know, all of these, you know, horrible, terrible things that that were going on with her. And I could never understand it because every time I was around her, I never saw any of that. So I'm like, I just found it really hard to understand, comprehend. I just, I didn't know a lot about it or what was going on. So I kind of just just kept pretending i'm like i guess this is just how it is you know i just have to keep living like this i'm and i w- i would just keep saying to myself you know you're fine just move forward but the point for me is it was very difficult to move forward because you know when i was 16 you know i went through a sexual assault and never talked and didn't talk about it for a long time and i just i would tell myself you know it's fine just move on move on and and that was kind of because you know we're the environments I was in, that's really what everyone would say, you know, like, you don't need to, you know, therapy was seen as a bad thing, you know, you shouldn't be talking about your problems, you don't need to do that, you know, you're or you're seeking for attention if you do this. So all of that stuff that I was seeing and hearing, really, basically scared me into not wanting to go there, not wanting to have these conversations, not wanting to share things with anybody, because I felt like I had to somehow, try to just overcome it on my own. And that became very difficult because, you know, bottling up all of that for years and not dealing with it, not talking about it, not processing it, not addressing it, nothing came out and ended up affecting my relationships, things that I was, you know, working on doing. And, and it was just, and that was really the breaking point of when I was hospitalized and, and got the diagnosis. And, you know, I just started to learn more about myself and what was going on. And that was the first time in my life where I was like, I'm done hiding and like pretending like I'm fine all the time. I don't and then and and I and I sat there and I thought about it. And I'm like, why would I want to continue to live my life pretending like I'm okay every single day when I could I could do something different. I could do something different with this and change and move forward. And I never felt like that was possible before. But you know, it and it took me like years to get to that point of where, you know, I'm like, I can finally overcome this, deal with it, address it, process it, and work through these things because for, for the longest time I thought that I never could do that.
0: Yeah. And that, that's so incredibly indicative of the nomenclature of Western and especially American society to want to push this stuff down to make it seem like it never happened. And, and because of that, somehow we're supposed to be stronger. And, and you hear that often, and especially in communities of color and, and, and male communities where it's like, this didn't happen, or if it did, stop crying about it, get over it, move on, grow up, man up, be an adult about it. When, when we don't recognize one of the worst parts of that conversation is long-term, it's not viable. Because eventually the longer, and this was my experience, the longer you stuff it down, the more that it consumes you. And the further that you try to fight it, the more that it wants to get out, right? What I'm curious about is what was the lead up? What what parts of this were, were symptomatic in a way that was noticeable in which you thought to yourself, okay, I actually need to seek help. Something here is off.
1: Yeah. So for me, probably the biggest thing was, you know, so when all this first started right at 16, so I got... I was misdiagnosed with depression. I went through periods, right? Of where I had deep, deep depression. And then when I went into mania. And that's when I started to notice like I would just have endless amounts of energy. You know, I go go work at five 5 a.m., go work one job, then go be a cashier, then go out and just party and drink and then just, just try to do things to distract myself. And all and I'm like, how am I not tired? I'm just going and going and going. And I just had just like racing thoughts and all of this stuff. And I'm like, this doesn't seem. And I'm like, I was never like this before. I'm like, this doesn't, I, n- I wasn't like this, you know, a year ago. I don't, and I, and I was just sitting there questioning, like, what, like, what is going on? Like, where is this coming from? And, you know, I remember I would bring it up at some of my appointments. And then again, you know, I think it was kind of the aspect of I didn't seem that way on the outside. So it was kind of like hard, I guess, I don't know if it was like to believe that what I was saying was what I was experiencing, but a lot of people around me um, just didn't see it. You know, they were like, no, you know, you don't. And that's, that's what I often hear too. Like when you, you know, of course, when you like see things on the media of, you know, different celebrities who, who pass away, you know, from suicide and a lot of people say, oh, you know, I had no idea, you know, this person looks so happy. I had, you know, where did this come from? And I feel like that's kind of, kind of like a little bit relating to like how I was where people would say, you know, that doesn't seem you don't seem like you're struggling right now. You're like, you don't seem like you're in a bad place right now. You don't seem like you're out of control right now. And I just felt like I'm like, this is not okay. This isn't normal for me to be, you know, doing all of these things and just, you know, just and just getting so upset. I would I would just it was almost like I was just in this kind of black hole mentality. I like to call it because Every single day, I was just basically doing things the way that I would talk to myself too, like the inner dialogue I had with myself was extremely critical, very harsh. And then it that just came out to like the world around me. That's how I really was. And I just became this person, like to the point where it was very difficult to, to be around me, I can imagine. And that's when I was like, you know, so- something is something needs to change. Something needs to change because I... I'm like, this is not a good... I don't want to continue living in this state, in this way, way of however it is, these thoughts I'm having, these things that I'm doing, and just feeling like there's no way to come out of this and actually have a good life or hold and to actually be happy and feel fulfilled and have a good life. And I'm like, something needs to change. And, and that was the scariest part. Like you mentioned, you know, being hospitalized at 19 you know was was terrifying, and honestly, it was the the scariest experience I've ever had in my entire life, but I needed to be there. I know that I needed to be there more than anything because I really needed to actually like wake up and realize that you know it's it's okay to not be doing well, and that was something that I never thought was a thing because, like we mentioned, you know growing up this was always very taboo, like don't talk about your problems, like we don't want to hear you know we don't want to hear about this. We don't want to get into this conversation. This isn't something we should be talking about or focusing on. So I was just bottling it up. And like you said, when you do that for for your experience, it ended up consuming you because, and that's what happened to me. And I mean, it just was, I mean, honestly, like just the different things that I saw too. I mean, even in the hospital made me feel, um, because I remember talking to every single person on my floor and just he, like, hearing them and hearing their stories and the experiences that they had and I'm sitting there thinking you know I, I could change the the circumstances in my life like I have power over that I have control over that and for the longest time I felt out of control I felt out of control I felt like I had no control I felt like I would never have control but then knowing that I'm responsible for how I respond or react to situations really kind of got me to start opening my eyes and saying, okay, there are steps that I can take to make this better. There are things that I can do to come out of this black hole mentality and actually start changing things in my life, start doing things differently, start implementing new habits to actually get me to the place that I would like to be in. And that's really what I like to, you know, get into with people too, is it is if if, if you've ever struggled or are struggling that is fine. That is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like sometimes it, it's shamed almost and like looked down on if you're struggling with anxiety or depression or bipolar or schizophrenia. That's seen, it's not seen in a favorable light. But I think if we shift that focus and make it so that it's more normalized, that people, we, we all have had issues at some point on some kind of degree with our mental health and if we can make this more normalized then more people would probably feel more comfortable talking about these things and having these conversations and seeking help and it wouldn't seem so stigmatized i think
0: yeah i i agree and, I, and you know i think that's what this is right so much of not only what i do but what you do and and so many people are doing right now is normalizing this conversation because you know i i think in looking back on my experience it was very much like if you talk about this, you're weak, figure out how to get over it. Because if you don't, then it's your fault that your life sucks. But the part that I hadn't yet rationalized, and and I share this a lot is, you know, so much of this work is picking up other people's trash out of your front yard. And the way that you do that invokes responsibility. And I think that's a really hard word for people to hear around mental health. Because they often relay that with the idea that somehow they're not being responsible for themselves to begin with. To an extent, that's probably true, right? You live within your mind and your body, you have to be the one in control of it. But on the other side of it is no one's ever said that that's okay. So it's this very odd juxtaposition. And when you're faced with that juxtaposition, and then you have to figure out, okay, how do I honor what I know is true in this moment? And I look at you putting yourself in the hospitalization as being a profoundly powerful and I would imagine enlightening moment, but also this situation of recognizing that you were the one who had to take control over your life if you wanted it to create change, because I would guess and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but a lot of the the conversation back and forth that you were having with the people around you probably didn't help, right? And and I would think that there must have been some kind of moment where you had an ultimatum to yourself and you said, all right, take control. Talk to me about what that was like for you to finally, like, take control. Save big on Brunch for
2: Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
0: Well, and be responsible for your mental health, though, you know, and especially with something bipolar, it's chemical. Like you have zero control over it, but you have to have control. What's that juxtaposition like for you?
1: Yeah, I love that you bring that point up because I, I was actually talking to someone else about this, about the the things in life that you can control and things that you can't control. And right, so, you know, having that diagnosis and having that imbalance is something that I, I just can't control. So, but you, what you can control is where you go moving forward with that information. How are you going to respond to that? What are you going to do about that? Or what do you, you know, what's the next step, right? So I have control over that. You know, I don't have a control over having the diagnosis and all these experiences that I had, but now I can do something about it today. So what I decided to do, and honestly, out of everything I've ever done, you know, therapy, medications, all, all kinds of different things or whatever it is, you know, the the biggest thing that has made the difference for me is actually working on myself, working on my mindset, working on the thoughts and reconditioning that and and, and the way that I speak to myself, right? So working on this inner critic of myself versus like this inner cheerleader and and trying to choose that more, choose that, you know, more side of positivity rather than focusing on the negative. So it would be almost so common for me every single day to wake up and my feet hit the ground and I just go to like everything that sucks. Like I don't I have to go to this place that I don't like or Oh, like I have to deal with this person i'm I'm gonna fight with you know with someone about this, and it was all it just turned into like this s- s- snowball spiraling effect of everything that was wrong and then everything that could potentially go wrong for the day. So that's the mindset that I started all my days with. So what I had to do was you know what? I'm gonna stop this this is this is an issue. So I started to recognize that and I started to recognize patterns that I had as well and different behaviors that I had that were hurting me. And hurting other people. So I said, what can I do about this to change this? What can I do to um to make this to to make this go away and to substitute something else in its place that will benefit myself and benefit other people and and keep me in a in a better state of mind? So what I really started doing was just reading, reading a lot of personal development books, listening, you know, listening to a lot of podcasts. Journaling gratitude was huge for me, and I used to think that was. I literally, when I was struggling, I used to think that was this, so. I'm like, what is it going to do for me to sit here and write down three things I was grateful for? And that was because at the time I had a very, very hard time even identifying one thing that I was grateful for because I was so focused on everything that was wrong, everything that could go wrong, that I couldn't even see the blessings that I had. I couldn't even see the things that I did accomplish, because I was so focused on all of this stuff that it literally consumed all of my thoughts. And I said, you know what, I'm going to start looking at the things that I have, the things that I'm grateful for, the things that I'm looking forward to. And doing that, all of that stuff, the gratitude, the journaling, changing how I speak to myself, those things were really, really got me to this place of now where now when I start my day, and I And I end my days, I, I start it on the best foot possible because I'm going into it with a mindset of appreciating where I am right here in this moment, instead of saying, "You know, oh,'ll you know, I'll be happy once this happens," or you know, and then w- once you get that, then it's, "Well, once this happens, then I'll be good." No. And so saying that you you can create that, and we, we can manufacture our own happiness within ourselves. And that's the biggest thing, too, is that I started to notice is there's there's little things we can do every single day that can become habits that can help us be, be in a good place and stay in a good place and can continue to learn and grow. And that's really what I love, honestly, is just every single day continuing to learn more things, discovering new resources, you know, related to mental health and like having more of these conversations, connecting with people. You know, whether that be through social media or in person and just having more of these conversations and figuring out what we can do to really make this a thing where talking about mental health, talking about mental health struggles is going to be as common as talking about the weather. So it's not even, it's not even a thing where it's weird anymore. It's just like it's completely normal. And, and I think, honestly, if we were able to eliminate that stigma once and for all, then that would actually... Have a huge ripple effect on many things, you know, like so many different things that are going on in the world. You know, of course, when you turn on the news, you see all kinds of things, like you know, like shootings, killings, all these different things. People going, you know, in and out of jails, in and out of treatment centers, in and out of hospitalizations. And what can we do to really work on that? And I think kind of the root of the problem may may be mental health, and you know, overcoming unresolved trauma and making these conversations possible to be had without leaving people feeling like they can't talk about it or else you'll be judged you'll be called weak and I actually think it's it's a lot uh it's harder to have these conversations in the beginning because of course you're vulnerable you're putting yourself out there you're exposing your own stuff that maybe you don't even feel comfortable talking about yet but that but the power in doing that opens up so many doors for you Really, to just move forward and lift that burden out from under you I think yeah so.
0: absolutely and and I think about this too this this conversation as a whole in in western society and, and particularly in America, because we do such a poor job of it is on a scale of one to ten at point five right I mean like we're we're literally just beginning this process because I remember not that long ago, even myself having these moments of okay, being triggered isn't real. That's for people who are soft. Bipolar is fake. People are just making that up. I'm not depressed. So why is this gun in my mouth? I have no idea. And just thinking about my journey through that and sitting and recognizing and and reconciling a lot of the experience to be, no one had ever said that it was okay, right? And I think that as we continue to head down, we start to fulcrum shift and now things start to be okay. But so much of that is, and it is really within the way that we think and consider ourselves in the world and our environment. And I look at these times where you know personal growth was right there in my face for years. People around me were always saying, You should check this out. Go and do this. And I would sit there and I'd look at it and go, This is nonsense. Who does this? And and now thinking in retrospect, now being in this for well over a decade that so much of personal growth is about creating boundaries within yourself through personal responsibility. And, and what I'm curious of is when you were in this place of deciding to make the choices and to become responsible for you, how much of that experience was permission granted to you from an external source, source versus permission that you gave yourself because you were tired of your own?
1: Oh, yeah. So I think, honestly, the majority of it came from within myself. But then I also had, you know, people around me, like you were saying, you know, look, look at this, look at this opportunity. And I'm like, what is that going to do for me? You know, like, I'm like, what is this going to help me with? And, and that was because at the time still, I was very afraid of bringing up my own stuff, working through that because I didn't know what was going to happen. So I finally had to tell myself, you know what, if if you're not going to try this, and if you're not going to do this, you're either going to stay the same, or because you, we have three options, right? So we can stay the same, we can move forward or we can go backwards. And I'm like, do I wanna go backwards? Do I wanna see what that's gonna be like? And and it was almost like I had to say, you know what? I'm gonna start noticing things and paying attention to myself more and trying to care for myself more in a different way instead of just saying like, this is the way I am, you know, just this is just how I am. And, you know, I could continue living like that and just making excuses, you know, blaming other people for everything, like trying to find something to put blame on instead of saying, you know what, there there have been things that have happened that have been terrible, that have been unfortunate. But I can I can today decide if I want to move forward and how can I do that? How how am I going to go about that? Or I can stay here and just. Hope that one day it'll be good and I won't have to deal with it anymore. Or I can just, you know, continue to work myself up into this negative self talk of this sucks, life sucks, you suck, everything's terrible. So I was like, you know what? I'm done like living like this because it's not working. I'm like, this isn't, I don't want to keep getting up every single day and having this mentality. And I'm like, I'm not going to feel good like this. And I just, it's not going to work. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start doing this. I'll start. You know, and I went to um, a conference with um, some of my friends from high school, and that's you know when I really started to say, you know, what if all these people can get up on stage and talk about their stories, share their experiences, and and talk about how they overcome this, and maybe I can do that too. Maybe I can start taking steps toward that. And then I was like, what am I going to do to do that? And that's when I said, I need, I need to figure out how I can overcome this stigma that I've attached to. Being bipolar to having these experiences and how I can snap out of this, and that's when I, you know, decided to tell my story and put that out there, and then make make this uh, platform on Crooked Illness a place for other people to also do that as well, and you know, share with me, you know, what has helped them, like what has helped you through whatever it was that you experienced or went through. What did you learn from that? What did it teach you? You know, all of these things because I think conversations like this are so powerful because. We either have these conversations or we have silence where we don't have them or we're talking about them in a negative way saying, you know, if you ever struggle, you're weak or that's bad or that's not something we want to get into. But I think the if we can reframe this and like you said, shift that focus of, you know, oh, that's not something you should be talking about or that's, you know, no one wants to hear about that. Talk about something more positive. If we can shift this towards people feeling like they can share their experiences or, you know, whether you have a diagnosis or not, you know, whether you've been hospitalized or not, what whatever the situation or story or struggle may be, just making it so people can feel like it's okay to have these conversations instead of I can't do that because then people might think I'm weird. I might get judged. No one is going to want to talk to me anymore. You know, I'll get all kinds of mean messages or like all this hate on on me for doing this. And because that's the thing is, pe- people are, at least for me, for years, I didn't feel I didn't ever think I would be comfortable. And I can't even imagine, you know, I, where I would be in my life if I still felt that way. And, you know, that's really what I like to give people is that hope of, you know, you can talk about whatever it is that you experienced, you went through, and, you know, and come out, come out of that, you know, you don't have to stay within that struggle, you don't have to stay in that place forever. And that's really what you know. I like to focus on. And, and focusing on the, the, the solution-based stuff, right? So what can we do to move out of the problem, move out of the struggle, move out of these issues that we're having or having experienced? And how can we move out of that into something that is going to get us feeling good, happy about our lives, and and into a solution-centric model and out of this Just struggle that we feel so consumed by.
0: I I think it's, for lack of a better term, I think it's delusional to not believe that there's potential on the backside of doing the work, because that is such a self-narrative that is painted through extrinsic sources where people around you go, well, why bother? Look at how this person is. Why do this? Why do that? And you know, I I come back to to one of my mentors, Tom Billie, who often says. You struggle is guaranteed, success is not. And I look at my life as being a self-defined narrative against the word success, where I only measure myself versus myself. That said, there's still struggle every single day. I don't think, and from this is my personal perspective, I don't believe that this gets easier, but the tools get better. And one of the things that I I really am, I feel is a miss in, in, in mental health conversation right now, is this idea that you're going to go and do a couple things and magically your life's going to be great. That's not true. What I would love for you to talk about as we start to, to head into the end here is talk to me about working through struggle while you have tools.
1: Oh, I love that. I, I definitely agree with, you. you know, the fact that the tools getting better and there's always going to be that struggle because, you know, for me still, even to this day, it's not like I wake up and just because I did all this stuff and just because I went through years of whatever I did to try to become better. Now, all of a sudden, I'm great. Like, I never wake up and feel sad, upset, hurt, angry, nothing. I'm just fine all the time. But what I, what I do now is I have awareness of that. And before I didn't. So And it was because I was so consumed with whatever it was that that was happening at that time that I did not see how unhappy I was because that was just the way that I thought that life was for everyone. So I didn't have awareness. And now I've been able to you know, pay such better attention to myself. So like if I'm in a situation or whatever it is, and, you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling hurt, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling something, I pay attention to that and I notice that and instead of ignoring it and just pushing it away and saying, you know, oh, like I don't need to have feelings or like this whole thing of like, I'm catching flights, not feelings, or like I don't have feelings, you know, making it more normalized to actually work to Work through that, and I think honestly the the biggest tool that has helped me was was that mindset work, but also, you know, continuing to do these things on a daily basis, and not and not just saying, okay, you know, I'll get up and, you know, write in a journal, and then you know maybe next week I'll do some do it again or whatever. Just do, doing it every day, being consistent, and paying attention to when I'm not feeling good, when I'm not feeling in a good in a good spot, and what what can I do. To, do about that? What can I do about that? And instead of, you know, letting it really consume me and just really like take over my mood for the entire day. Um, So doing that, I think is a big thing. But yeah, I mean, I think everyone has, you know, different things that they've done or different things that they tried to overcome certain struggles they've had. But I think all of it, honestly, for me, at least has has been helpful to have it all together. So like doing doing these different things. And I think that therapy also is a, is a good thing too. And I think that the, there's been like a shift towards how people are talking about therapy now, because I feel like, you know, 10 years ago when I was, you know, first starting therapy, it was, it seemed very, I remember like, ta- like going into school and saying, I have to leave my class early. Cause I have a therapy appointment. And my the teacher would be like, Oh, you're in therapy. Like, why are you in therapy? That's weird. like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And it just felt like a very judgmental thing, and really weird that you're doing that, very shameful, and now I feel like it's we're moving into this place of now it's more acceptable to say, "Hey, like I've been to therapy or I go to counseling, or you know, I do these different things, and I think that's a good thing because, like you said, I think there's only good can come from continuing to have these conversations and really bring up these different things because it it makes it more normal for other people to feel like they can access that stuff, too, instead of feeling like I can't ever go there with anyone.
0: Yeah. And it is normal. Right. And, and so much of this experience is shared. I mean, there's eight billion people on planet Earth. And to think for a moment that someone else has not had a similar experience is, is a little asinine. Now, of course, everyone's experience won't be the same. That's not how it is. But we we often parlay. And as a communal species, that's how we heal. That's how we grow. That's how we change. I mean, everything that I know, I've learned from someone else. Right. I I don't know that I've ever actually had a completely original thought in my entire life. And because of that, I, I rationalize, okay, if you want to get better, be around people who are better. Right. Learn from people who know get in with experts, sit in therapy, go and do whatever it takes. And and ultimately, the question I always ask myself is, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And then on the backside of making that declaration, following through on it. Um, Paris, this conversation is absolutely incredible. I'm I'm loving talking. to you. I think that one of the best things that we can do is exactly what you're saying, and that's normalize it, have the conversations, talk about this. But as we start to run out of time here, I'm going to ask you my last question, my friend. And that last question is what does it mean to you to be unbroken?
1: Oh my gosh, to to me what it means is to conti- continue every single day in that pursuit of learning about yourself, growing and continuing to educate yourself on, you know, different things that you've experienced in your past and you know how those things are continuing to come up every single day in your life and how to best work through that. So you can you can have the quality of life that you want to have. You can have you can have the life that you have always thought about, but you thought it, it's never possible. You know that's not possible for me. So I think being un being unbroken is really recognizing that yes, like you have struggled in the past. Yes, there have been things that have been very terrible that have taken place in your life that ha- that have happened to you. But yes, you are also in control of how you respond today, moving forward, and and you can create a better life for yourself, moving forward from those things, that you don't have to, to, to remain feeling broken based on those events that took place. You could choose to be unbroken by those events and in taking those experiences and, and pulling lessons from them and, and, and taking that and making it into something useful. Like, how can I apply this to potentially help other people? How can I apply what I experienced, what I went through? How can I what can I do with this? You know, what is there something I can do with this that could help other people? If so, what is that? What does that look like? And just continuing to every single day, you know, just try to be better. Try to lear- like continue learning, continue growing and just really taking care of your mental health and making it a priority and, you know, letting other people that they can do that as well. So that's really, to me, like what it means to be unbroken.
0: <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself, my friend. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, rate, review. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would please take 5 seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that 5-star, leave a review, and you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends, and until next time. Be